Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here on WXAN Radio out of Ava, Illinois. I am David Pinkerton, your radio pastor, here blessed today to be able to share God's Word with you and look at some current events in light of Bible prophecy and Scripture. I'm accompanied today by my beautiful wife, Dorinda. She's in here to help out as well. She'll be reading some verses here shortly. We are glad you're tuned in today. Let your friends know at this time it is the Good Tidings Radio broadcast. We're glad to be with you. We're thankful for the opportunity that's been given us to to us by the good Lord Jesus and, and Danny and Leanne and the team here. We're grateful for this ministry and pray that you will support this ministry in every way that you can. As we go into these days, exalting Jesus Christ. So today we're going to take the scripture The Bible is as old as yesterday, but as fresh as tomorrow morning, because it's the mind of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable, the Bible says. So when we open the Bible, we're opening the mind of God. Let's see what God has to say for us. The Bible is as relative today to current events as it is in any form or fashion. It is the Word of God. It's God-breathed. It is God's Word. So today, if you have your Bibles, we want you to open up to the New Testament book of 2 Timothy, and we're going to take a text out of chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and we're going to draw your attention in a moment to verse number 13. Now, I've asked Dorinda to read our text verses this morning. But 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 13 will constitute our primary text. And then she's going to go over and read a passage in Jeremiah chapter 17. So without any further ado, we're glad you're here. We're praying for you. We ask you to pray for us. We want to be an encouragement to you. And if you're listening today and you do not know for sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, then today's the day you can invite Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior and trust in Him to be born again so that heaven will be your home and you'll have everlasting life with the Lord. All right, Second Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 13, Dorinda's going to read for us. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now she's going to go over to Jeremiah chapter number 17. And verse number 9. The heart is deceitfully above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? All right. Thank you, Dorinda. This morning, I want to speak to you about a very current event, a very tragic and horrific and a sad event. As you know, Dorinda and I have a son. His name is Brett, and Brett lives in Buffalo, New York. Well, Just recently in Buffalo on Saturday in a Topps grocery store parking lot and store, there was a mass shooting. The perpetrator started shooting people in the parking lot, and then he went into the store where he commenced shooting more. Um, He is still alive. However, 10 people lost their life. And it's a very, very tragic event. It's a very scary event. And we want to take God's word today and share it with you. This event, like many others that have preceded it, 
and God knows, hopefully not another one would happen. Uh, this, we want to put it in the context of Bible prophecy and how it relates to us today, and what are some measures that we can take regarding this kind of instance in the day and time that we live. Now, today I'm going to be referring to a book that Dorinda and Brett bought for me recently. It's by Dr. David Jeremiah. The book is entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? And it deals with a number of topics. And Bible prophecy is its primary intention. And it breaks down a number of subjects, which maybe we'll use for future sermons as well. But today, in light of the shooting in Buffalo, New York, I am going to ask you to pray for the families that remain, for the community of Buffalo. Uh, Our son does live there. He does shop in a Topps grocery store. It wasn't the same one, but it wasn't far away. So, folks, we do believe as Christians that the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. That is my prayer every day for myself, for my wife, for our son, for our loved ones, and for those in the general public. So today, let's take a look at Bible prophecy in light of the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, that took place on the 14th of May. So let's consider something, okay? How can, how can we account for such reckless disregard for humanity, such casual cruelty? Yes, evil has been part of human society, including extreme acts of violence and brutality. Satan and his demons have been present in our world as long as human society has been. People have been driven to commit atrocities, both small and large. World history is an album of infamy, actually. Yet I sense, folks, that we're reaching a tipping point about these things taking place in our culture and in our day and time. Acts like gun violence, depression, obesity, homicide, addiction. Choose any negative headline you want, and chances are it's been increasing dramatically over the past decade. Now, why is that? Here's why. Because something is broken in humanity. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? I want us to take a look at the prediction of the last days, when the Lord talks about the latter days before the rapture takes place. If you're a born-again Christian, You will leave this earth when the rapture takes place, when the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ rise, as 1 Thessalonians says, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The we that we're referring to is all born-again believers. If you know Christ Jesus as your Savior, you will be raptured out one day, and it could be any time. So, but we're going to see things take place, and we're starting to see these these things, folks, that says in another passage that in the last days, perilous or dangerous times shall come. So let's look at the mass shooting in Buffalo and the others that preceded it, and what does the Bible say about the day and time we live in so that we're aware spiritually of what's going on and we can know Christ the Savior and be living for Jesus And number two, if you don't know him as Savior, you can be saved. But we need to be aware spiritually as well as being aware 
um, collectively in our daily life, that these things can happen. However, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. He doesn't want you to live in the spirit of fear, but to be and of a sound mind, not the spirit of fear, but of love and peace and of a sound mind is what God has for all of his people as we trust in him for our safety and our comfort and our convenience and our care. So what does it mean when we think that we're at the tipping point, it seems like in our culture and in this day and time? Now, the apostle Paul, he was on he was a he had a death sentence, right? He wrote his final letter to Timothy, his son in the faith from a Roman prison cell. Near the end of Paul's letter, Paul drew a surprisingly detailed picture of how people will behave prior to the tribulation. When the rapture takes place, then the Antichrist is going to be revealed. Then the tribulation is going to begin. But Christians will be caught up away, not here in the wrath of God, because the tribulation is going to be a time of the wrath of God. Paul said, but know this, that in the latter days perilous times shall come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, heady, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. But in verse 13, Dorinda just read for us in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 13. Dorinda, read that verse again, please. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Thank you. Notice what he said. As Paul, this Holy Spirit led Paul as he's penning these words. He said in verse 13 of 2 Timothy chapter 3, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Notice that. Worse and worse. What was Paul saying in those three short words? Paul predicted people will descend into rampant and accelerating godlessness as we approach the tribulation. I want you to note that Paul's focus was not on bad times. Rather, it was on bad people, bad people. Now, John Calvin, who was a Christian, I disagree with him on on his uh, teaching on predestination and election, and that's another message I'll share at another time. But he did have a good point, and here's what he said, and I quote, The hardness or danger of this time in Paul's view to be not war, famine, or diseases, nor any other calamities or ills that befall the body, but the wicked and the depraved ways of men, end of quote. That's who Paul was talking about. So Paul gave us here 19 specific character descriptions of what people are going to be like right before the rapture takes place. In other words, here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Lord gave us 19 expressions to depict the nature of godlessness in human beings in the last days. Now, I don't have time to get into all 19, but I want you to, let's take a real quick look at a few things that are going on. The first thing, the first characteristic you see in these people right before the rapture takes place in humanity as a whole across the world, selfish people. 
Right up front, the Lord tells us in the last days that it's going to be populated by people who are lovers of themselves. Notice that. Lovers of themselves. Verse 2 of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. This is right before the rapture. This is the day we live in now, folks. Do you remember Narcissus from Greek mythology? According to the legend, Narcissus was a hunter who was extremely handsome. Women constantly fell in love with him, but he spurned their advances and disdained all who tried to approach him. One day, Narcissus came to a clear pool in the middle of the woods. He saw his reflection and immediately fell in love with his own face. When he realized what was going on, that he had, had, not, that he had not encountered another person but only himself, he took his own life in a burst of despair. Now, folks, Mr. Narcissist is the origin of the modern word narcissism the excessive love of oneself. And according to Paul, the days right before the tribulation, right before the rapture, are going to be perilous or dangerous times because people will, will be only loving themselves. Notice what it says in verse 2 of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Folks, these people love to talk about themselves and to build themselves up. Such people want everyone else to love them as much as they love themselves. They write their own press reports. They pad their own resumes. When you finally meet the person in question, you hardly recognize them. The, these people are proud or haughty, which means they are disdainful toward other people. They look down on every every other person, on other people. Uh, it comes naturally to them to look down on other people as they sit atop their pigeon, pigeon-top statue, so to speak. The word blasphemers here in this scripture is a theological term, and it refers to the verbal abuse toward God. The original Greek of the word blasphemers here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, the original Greek also included the idea of slander. In other words, those people who harbor a disproportionate love for themselves, being boastful of themselves, and disdain other people, expend a lot of energy seeking to reduce everyone else around them. They're intent on pushing aside other people who stand taller. Now think about this. Perhaps nothing more than the day and time we live in here in 2022 represents modern narcissism better than social media. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram allow us to constantly crow about our own successes while simultaneously slashing away at the achievement of other people, often through anonymous comments and online bullying. Social media is a stronghold for selfish people. Amen. And unfortunately, selfish people rarely keep to themselves. Folks, these social media platforms can be used for God and for good, but the vast majority of people in the culture we live in in this world today use it for the devil and for bad. And you'll do yourself a service if you don't even have anything to do with most of it. I realize Christian people use these platforms to get the gospel out. But think about this. It also... It also helps usher in the day and time we live in that we have
people who are lovers of themselves. These are people Paul was describing right before the rapture. Jesus is soon to come, and this evidence of shooting in Buffalo, New York, with 10 people losing their life, is part of what the Bible is teaching for us to look up and be aware that, spiritually speaking, the Lord is about to come again. You say this stuff has happened before, yes, years ago, but not in the frequency that we hear it today and see it today, folks. The Bible is trying, and God is trying to warn us that Jesus is coming via the rapture. Are you ready? Do you know him as Savior? If you do not, follow me in this simple prayer of faith, recognizing you're a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We're all sinners. We have nothing to pay God for for our sin debt. Nothing. When we stack up against the Ten Commandments, we find ourselves as liars, adulterers, blasphemers, and unholy, and we have nothing to, nothing to offer God as payment for our sins. And God knew that. And he so loved us that he sent his son Jesus, born of the virgin, to live a sinless life, to die vicariously on the cross, to become our substitute, to pay for every sin I've ever committed or you've ever committed, and for the sins of the whole world, the Bible says. That is the most important event in human history, the crucifixion and the blood atonement of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. He was buried in the tomb and then resurrected the third day. And today he'll save you if you'll ask him in your heart. He'll save you by grace through faith in him. Faith means trust, trusting him and him alone as your Savior. Will you do that? Follow us in this simple prayer from the sincerity of your heart, recognizing you're a sinner. You have nothing to offer God. He's not going to receive it. He'll only receive Jesus as your Savior. Follow me in this prayer. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I am trusting you and you alone as my personal Savior. Amen. We believe, as the Bible teaches, for by grace are you saved through faith, that you just took your faith and placed it in Jesus. And if you've done that, then I want you to write the radio station, call them and tell them. You can send me an email at drdave13 at gmail.com, drdave13 at gmail.com. We'd like to rejoice with you and get you some information to help you live a Christian life. If you're saved, you're going to go in the rapture. If you're not, you're going to be left behind when the Antichrist comes on the scene. So the first thing we're looking at here biblically about men getting worse and worse, and Dorinda read in 2 Timothy 3, 14, or 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. This is what's happening in our culture today. That's why they can take a gun and randomly shoot innocent people. These people, in some cases, as we're learning about this particular person, was tied into hate groups, neo-Nazi groups, fascist groups. Folks, it's unfortunate, but let me talk to you. Pull up a chair and listen close, and let me talk to you today as a Christian, as a student of the Bible, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the only solution to this is for hearts to be changed by people getting saved through Jesus Christ and knowing him personally. That is the ultimate solution. 
because the Bible says God in God's favor is life. Murderers are going to go to the lake of fire. Jesus can only forgive. He can forgive murderers. That's why he can forgive the abortionist. That's why he can forgive the random shootings. You say it's hard for us to forgive it as human beings. Yes, it is. But we don't understand as our God understands that God so loved the world. But folks, we live in a day and time right now where people devalue life. Our, 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 our society in America hates one another. We're so a powder keg of, of racial tension, hate-filled tension, that even our politicians can't do their job because they forgot how to compromise and get along with each other. You either have to be on the left or on the right. You can't be civil and be in the middle and try to do something that is uh, reaching a common good for the constituency of America. Folks, our our world needs Jesus. It needs the love and the grace and the goodness of God because this world is, if you don't think the devil is real, all you have to do is listen to social media, listen to people talk, even television commentators on news entities like Fox News, CNN, and these other messed up media sources that are now so polarizing. They have people hating each other. And this particular young man in Buffalo who did not die, says he was a member of a neo-Nazi or a hate group. Listen, the devil hates. He hates you and me, and he hates humanity. And he has humanity destroying humanity. And God loves humanity because he created us in his image and in his likeness. And I'm telling you today, the only hope of America is not found in the White House, regardless if it's Biden, Trump, Clinton, Obama, or anybody else. It's only found in the church house with God's people getting right with him. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and Jesus healing our land. Jesus Christ who loves, forgives, reconciles, establishes. He does judge. He does bless. We need Jesus. We need to tell people about Jesus. Jesus is the answer for this world. In Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, the Bible says, listen closely, saints, about being afraid. In spite of these acts taking place, God doesn't want you to be afraid. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, listen close, because he's, he is your safety. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Thank you. Dorinda looked that verse up and handed that to me. Now listen closely. I've got to move on because time is getting away from us. So where are we going to go from here? What are we going to do with all this going on right before Jesus comes? The kind of culture we live in? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to recognize that God is in control. And God has saved us Christians to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And our job is to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through our hearts to other people, one person at a time, because our society is only defined by the people that are in it. And we as God's people who've experienced God's grace through salvation in Jesus need to let Jesus be lifted up in our lives, in our conversations, in our lifestyles. This world needs Jesus, and it's void of spiritual life and spiritual light, rather, but we have the answer in Jesus. The second thing we need to do is not only 
reflect who we are, that is, Christians who've met Jesus as Savior, but to make a difference in this society today, we need to reflect the light that we have become. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And the Bible says that God wants us to convey and reflect and radiate the light of Jesus Christ. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. Walk as children of light, finding what is acceptable unto the Lord. In other words, God wants us to live a life that will glorify Jesus. It's time in this dark world to lift up Jesus and let the world know right before Christ comes, right now by the way we live and by the way we worship and who we worship, Christ, that Jesus is hope. Amen. He's the answer. Amen. He's the answer to what's going on. Amen. Now, folks, we're living in a messed up world, and I must close. We're living in a messed up world filled with self-centered, self-absorbed, self-indulgent people. The Bible warns that in the last days, perilous or dangerous times will come. We're seeing them. We're living there now. Society will go from bad to worse. But remember, the city of Ephesus was also a place of darkness in Paul's day. Yet he viewed the Christians there as children of light. Their presence lit up the city streets with the glow of Jesus Christ. And even in dark days, you can experience God's grace, exude His radiance, and exhibit His holiness. So brighten up. God wants His people to be light on their feet, so to speak. In a world increasingly dominated by end times people, God has empowered you, believer, to shine. So pray that these things will not happen again. Pray for the families that have been touched in Buffalo, New York by the loss of life and loved ones. And lift up Jesus. And I want to say this. In such a racially uh, uh, infused country, such a, it seems like it's at a higher point than it's ever been in my life, Jesus saves souls. He doesn't save skins. The Bible says all that come to him, he will not turn away. Come to Jesus today. If you've not been saved, if you've been saved, let Jesus Christ come back and be with Jesus like we spoke on last week. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus lately? Is your love for people and your love for the Lord shining to people? of all races, of all nationalities, of all, in, uh, in, of all ethnicities. I can't get the word out. But share Jesus. Jesus is the answer. So lift up your head. Don't live in fear. God is in control. Shine for Jesus Christ. Be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I do want to thank again. I want to encourage you. The Bible is our textbook. But if you want a good bit of Christian reading, Dr. David Jeremiah's book, Where Do We Go From Here, is a good place to start. It, it deals with how tomorrow's prophecies are foreshadowing today's problems. Lift up your head, your redemption, Darth Nye. Jesus is coming. So, ladies and gentlemen, I guess the best title for today's sermon would be Having Hope in a Dismal World. And that hope is the hope of Jesus Christ. Have hope, ladies and gentlemen. Good tidings. Jesus is coming again. Have hope in a dismal time. God bless you. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh.
Oh, yes. Hey, he's finally here. Amen. 